How's that? That's better. Yeah. Is that better? That's also, better. Okay. Yep. And then I can also do this too. And then turn her up a bit. Yep. How do we think? What do we think? I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. Are you comfortable with the headphones? It's kind of like crap. Walk, walk wrapped around um, there. So there you go. I want you to feel like you're like tethered <laughs> yeah. to the table. We don't want anyone tethered to be restricted. To we don't want to feel restricted and yeah. go from there. Okay. Tethered to the table here. Okay. Welcome to Get Real. My name is Josh Morgan, a.k.a. The Renovating Realtor. And I'm Gavin Townsend, longtime real estate investor with a background in education in the arts turned licensed sale professional. We're two realtors in the western New York area who love talking all things real estate. We cover a wide variety of topics with an aim to educate and entertain you. No matter your role as a buyer, seller, investor, enthusiast, or another real estate professional. You can trust that we're always going to be upfront and honest no matter what topic we're discussing. So listen up and get ready to, to get, get real. real. All right, we're doing season one, episode nine, and we have a guest. Gavin, don't we? Yes, we have a very special guest. We're excited to welcome Nancy Clary Frank. Nancy, so thank you so much for making time to meet with us today and joining us on the podcast. Uh, Nancy's a wealth of information. Um, Nancy, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your experience. We're talking about mortgages today with Nancy Clary Frank. Thank you for having me on today. Um, I've been in the industry, let's say, for about 38 years. Wow. So See, I was wrong, Josh. I said 25 because... Nancy's a young chick, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been with Hunt Mortgage uh, for 28 years. Okay. And then prior to that, I was a real estate paralegal um, helping our buyers on the attorney side. Amazing. I don't think I knew that, Nancy, because that's... That's awesome. That that explains yeah. a lot too. That you're so damn good at what you do. A lot Thank of ex you. a lot Thank of experience you. in a lot of different areas of the of the uh, industry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It does help out. You know, it helps out when we have buyers asking questions about, like, their title. Or, you know, they understand the mortgage process, but why is it taking so long to get a scheduled closing date? Yes. Then we have to explain, you know, the other side, what the attorneys right. are doing at the same time. So I think it's helpful to have that background, of course. Absolutely. And that's... And that, in my experience working with Nancy, certainly it's her ability and her customer service skills and her knowledge working with the buyers to lend them through that process and, and, and help in that effort because it's always a team effort as we know when we're working with the lender as a real estate agent and the client. So that, that makes a lot of sense, Nancy. Well, and I think what's awesome when you work with a mortgage, an awesome mortgage consultant is you know the precision and speed, right? It is responsiveness and you send someone to them and they are you know they're going to get back to you really really quickly with the full picture and the full story so that you know what you're dealing with, you know, about your client and what their qualifications are. And so, Nancy, you've done that multiple times for me, you know. Yeah, and you know what, you're absolutely right. And it can be, you know, frustrating for a buyer. I mean, it definitely can be, but it's all about being prepared. I mean, it's a very detailed process, but it's not difficult. I love when you say that. Detailed, but not difficult. 
Yeah, it truly. Um, it's, it's about anything, right? If you're prepared and you're doing things in the right order and you're getting all the information that's you know necessary right at the beginning, you're prepared as a buyer, you're more comfortable, it goes smoother, and it's so important to be part of a good team with your real estate agent, with your attorney, and you all work together. Yeah, I agree. Let's back up a little bit. I want to learn right. a little bit more about Nancy and introduce her to our audience. Um, Nancy, why did you get into the field? You've been in the field, more or less, in the industry a long time, but you know, what's a day in the life from your experience? Why did you, why have you been in the industry so long other than being incredibly successful? Um, and what do you enjoy most about it? You know, um, I love what I do. Obviously, I've been doing it for a long time, but I truly do. You meet so many different people, um, and it's an exciting time for them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're buying a home. You know what I mean? How exciting is that? Right. And it's most exciting when you're working with a buyer that is a first-time home buyer. They don't know what to do. Sure. They don't know what things are going to cost, how much they're going to need. So I really do enjoy walking them through the steps, explaining things to them. And what I often say is, whether you're ready to buy today, tomorrow, or next year, let's get the conversation going. Let's talk about it. In this way, when you are ready to pull the trigger, as they say, mm -hmm. you've got all your ducks in a row. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So that's, that's I mean, I, like I said, I really have a passion for what I do. I love what I do. Um, I work with great agents like yourselves. And um, no day is the same. Yeah. That's Every for sure. day is different, yeah. which is good. I often take that for granted, I think. You know, being an investor and now being on the retail side of things is, you know, I, they don't know what we know. And so and that really, when you go into this and you're like, okay, yeah, we're doing this, we're doing this, you're doing this, you really have to step back, have the you know heart of a teacher, right? Even on this side, you've taught me so many things that I should, I need to know yeah. that are useful, that help me prep people for conversations with you as well. And so you really have to slow down, educate first, and then move forward through the actual steps so that when you get to those points, everybody knows what's going on. We've already practiced this, folks. This is what's happening. Now we're doing the real deal, right? And so thanks again for that. Um, but yeah. What, what would you say, Nancy, is your approach? So, you know, oftentimes, you know, and we've touched on this a little bit in our podcast and the duration of Get Real, but, um, you know, we're working with a buyer client and um, um, we think they're a great fit to work with you. And then we say, okay, give Nancy a call or Nancy's going to call you. Tell us a little bit about that process and what that's like. And again, for a first time home buyer or somebody that's a seasoned buyer. Right. Well, I first asked them, you know, what is it they're looking to achieve, right? Yeah. Obviously, they're looking to purchase a house. I then talk about their time frame, right? That's very important. Okay. So then we have just a general conversation of what they're doing, what they're saving. And then we, you know, go in on, let's talk about what is your income? How long have you been at your job? What funds do you have available? Most buyers don't know what they need. Yeah. They hear things like, you know, I don't need money to buy a house, 100% financing. You know, there are programs, right, with no money down. But as we know, you still need your taxes, your closing costs, your insurance. And again, that average person doesn't know that. Yeah. So I do go through and I do spend a lot of time with the buyers on the phone or face-to-face -face if they want to meet. And we go through all we need to know, right? All we need to know in order to prepare them for what they're looking to do. So it's reviewing, again, their income, their credit, their assets, 
And what's so important is their comfort level. Yes. What do they want to spend? Right. right? What do they, they want might to spend qualify for a particular level? But as you always say, this is their level of comfort. Right. Yeah. Right. I never want to push a buyer to go any higher than what they're comfortable with. And sometimes buyers will say to me, I don't know. Like, what can I afford? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what you can afford. It's a tricky question. Right? <laughs> yeah. right. What you can afford is different from what you would qualify for. Sure. Right? What do you want to yeah. eat for dinner for the next 10 years? You want to eat ramen or do you want to, you know, go somewhere? Yeah. And I actually do say that. I said, I don't know if you're the type of buyer that would like to, you know, spend just about everything you can, you know, for your home and, you know, maybe cut back on vacations and dinners. You might be the type of buyer that likes to go out to eat every week, yeah. likes to go on vacation every month. So what you can afford is something that you have to think about as a buyer, yeah. but then let's talk about that together and what can we qualify for. And most of the time, it's qualifying for more than what they want to spend. And I love to see that. Yeah, yeah. And having those conversations that are really specific to the buyer, not one size fits all. There's no cookie cutter approach. Yeah, and anecdotally, I've actually had to go the other way. So, you know, they're qualified for a certain amount, but we're finding that we're running into tax issues, right? Um, because of that and their other constraints because of the cash they have to close. Um, you know, I actually just recently suggested, hey, maybe we have to lower the price that we're looking for because every time we go to do this and I'm calculating the taxes, you know, it's not it's not working. It's not working with the payment that you're comfortable with, right? It always comes up over. It always comes up over. And though even though the current assessment is at this and the right. taxes are at Y, you know, it's just not giving us what we want. So let's try to reevaluate what we're doing, you know, redevelop the strategy, lower the price point, and then go forward. Because it's very demoralizing for a buyer, I'm sure you know, is for them to interest, to have interest in a house, and then for you as a realtor to say, that's not going to work. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the thing is, like, a buyer will say to me, and even some real estate agents will say to me is, what price do they qualify for? Yeah. Well, as we know, right, right. it's not a price. It's yeah. a payment. Right. Yeah. Because the payment consists of taxes, yeah. right, insurance. So a $100,000 house might cost you this, but yet if you're buying it in a different area with taxes being different, mm -hmm. it's going to cost you that. So mm -hmm. that comfort level could be different and qualifying. Sometimes that does come into play. So once a buyer tells me what they qualify for, or excuse me, I'm sorry, when they tell me what their comfort level is, right. I then look at how do we get there? Okay. More how like do we backwards get there? design that way? Yeah. And yeah, that makes absolutely. sense. That makes sense. So when Nancy, somebody does call you and say, Hey, you know, I'm working with Josh, I'm working with Gavin. Um, they've, they referred me to you. I want to be working with you on my financing to purchase this home. Um, what are the steps that you take on with them other than having this very good quality conversation? Yep. So what I'll do is the first step is to fill out an application, right? To pre-qualify. So what I do is I offer them to go to my online app. Okay, so go directly to nancy.huntmortgage.com. They would go ahead and fill out the application, and that truly is the most secure way of giving me the information. Okay. Yeah, okay. and what is, what's that website one more time, just for, if anybody didn't hear it? nancy.huntmortgage.com. Great, okay, Perfect. good. Yeah. So either they can go directly to that website and fill it out, 
Um, they can do it at their convenience, which most of our buyers do like that. Um, I also offer for them to meet me at the office if they would like, Great. or we can do it over the phone. But again, giving me their social over the phone isn't the best way to handle that. Yeah. So. I'll tell you, 99% of my buyers prefer to do it at their convenience, and they do go directly to the app. So what they're going to do is they're going to fill out the application, and they're going to enter their you know, date of birth, social, where I work, how long have I been there, where do I live, the basic information. The system will ask them to upload paperwork. Okay. Okay? That's great. So as I explained to them, it's not critical that they do all of that day one because some buyers might get overwhelmed right they want this information they want all my paperwork i don't have time right now not as, and not everyone's as organized or has the same organizational system from one person to the next exactly yeah. exactly so i i make sure that i'm clear with that so just fill out the application once they submit it that's when the file comes over to me and i have access to seeing it that gives me authorization to pull their credit. Okay. So what I will do then is I will pull their credit. I will put numbers together based on what they requested in that application. I'll then review everything that they provided. And then my assistant will send them out an email and say, when you have the opportunity, please upload these documents and give Nancy a call. Yeah. So then they'll give me a call. We'll then review everything they inputted most of the time it needs to be fixed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. but and why is that? Because they're just not familiar with it, right? Sure. And a lot of, you know, one of the questions is how much are you going to put down? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So the average buyer, right, says, you know, I have 20000 to work with. So I'm going to put 20000 down. One of my first questions to them is, do you mean 20000 down on the house? Right, yeah. Right. Because we all know you have incidentals, right? You have Mm -hmm. inspections to pay for. Exactly. So I say, do you have 20000 that you want to put down? Or is that everything you have available to work with for the purchase? Right. Most of the time, it's what they have available for the purchase. So then I go back in and I adjust that number. And then I go through, well, what is your employment? And, you know, you indicated that you've been there for a year. We need a two-year history. So I'll go ahead and complete that information. Then we'll go over assets. You know, they may say they have X amount in the bank, and I'm looking at it like they only have a couple thousand, and they want to buy a $200,000 house that obviously isn't going to work. So, you know, we talk about that. Do you have access to other funds? So... We go through all of it, right? We right. go through all of the information that they inputted. Um, Do they I, have a house to sell? Yeah. Maybe are they looking at gift funds from a family member? Exactly. Okay. So then what we'll do is we'll start with that price that they submitted okay. as their purchase price. I'll ask them, what would you estimate taxes to be? Or what area are you looking in? And we estimate some taxes. Okay. So then with that information, I'll go over, well, this is your monthly payment approximately because obviously there's some variables. And how are you comfortable with that payment? Right. That's when we have that conversation. They may be like, you know, I don't know. So then I would go back and say, well, this is what you're paying right now. Yeah. It's either a home that they're currently living in that they own or they're renting. Right. Right? So let's say their rent payment is five hundred and the payment that I'm calculating is two thousand mm-hmm. and they have no money saved. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's kind of going to be a little bit of a concern. Now, I would never say that, but I would say, you know, so let's talk about this because they might not think about I'm jumping up in payment. Right. You know, am I prepared for that? We want to make sure our buyers are prepared 
for what they want to do. Mm -hmm. So we go through that um, in detail. I make whatever adjustments on my end. You know, I'll talk to them about the fact that at this point they're pre-qualified. Okay. Then I'll send them an email with this detailed information so they have something to refer to. Okay. And then we'll talk about another program that we have, which as you both know, is our pre-purchase commitment program. Mm, right. Very good. So you said pre, you said qualified, and I know there's some words there, you know, so you have qualified, you have approved, you have different uh, levels, levels or, you know, points in the process, right? What's the difference between qualified and approved? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I have that conversation over the phone and we review the application that they submitted, they are pre-qualified. Okay, so basically it's based on the information you provided, right. you're pre-qualified. Once they provide me the documentation to back up what they discussed with me, like here's my W-2, here's my pay stub, here's my bank statement, they then are pre-approved, okay? Now, these words mean different to different banks, okay? okay? Some, That's important to know. It really, really is. That's why I'm explaining what we, what we do. Right. Okay. So pre-qualified is we've had a conversation. Pre-approved is you're showing me the paperwork to, to kind of verify, making sure that we're both understanding the same thing. I mean, a buyer may say, you know, I make $50,000 a year, but then when they provide me the paperwork... They're a 1099. Oh, They're right. not a W-2. Okay. Much different. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's, you know, that's a self-employed person, right. right? So they write off expenses against that income. So now their qualifying income is something totally different. Absolutely. Because but you get into gross income, net income, yeah. And they did expenses. answer the question. You know, they answered the yeah. question. Truly. That was correct. But there's all these other considerations. Yeah. And yeah. it's nothing. I, I don't believe that's anything, of course, intentional. Sure. But right. this isn't what they do every day. Exactly. So it's, you know, it's important to go through it in detail. But as I was mentioning before, how this is specific to us you know, there are some lenders that you can go right onto their websites, fill out an application, and it spits out Yikes. a pre-approval. Sure. Now, that's scary. Like I mean, no truly. verification, no documentation, no and backup. No, and no conversation. Right. Again, the average buyer doesn't really know exactly what's needed, even though we might say, hey, how much do you make? And they just give you a rough number. Sure. Well, that number could matter if it's and we off. And we end up with a situation that I've had on one of my transactions where, you know, the qualification came back as something X, but then when we went to go get the approval, basically, you know, oh, this is going to be, you know, awkward, uh, doesn't qualify for as much as they thought. And so then you have burned. to, oh yeah. And so then you have to go, <laughs> what are we going to do? We have to change some things. And then we start changing things. It doesn't make people happy. It makes certain folks nervous. You're like, how are we going to close this transaction? Is this going to happen? So it's important, I, you know, that but you understand we, what you're doing. That's why we really, you know, I don't want to say that we're harsh on buyers, that we're really trying to put you through, um, you know, the motions to really understand um, and put you in the hands of a, a local lender, someone that really knows what they're doing, uh, and having those conversations, like you said, Nancy, you can plug something into a computer and it'll spit out whatever, but it's that quality conversation of getting the facts and figures together because the last thing you want to do, whether you're the listing agent on transaction with somebody that's been put in that position or you're actually representing the buyer, is you get knee-deep in that transaction even early on and think, oopsie, 
Now, how are we correcting? Well, I think one. Of, I'm sorry. Well, I think one of the important things is when you're, you know, submitting an offer is you need to know where you're fin- Where is it coming from? Yep. How is it being financed? Right. I think that's probably a couple of important factors. Absolutely. And now you have, you know, other than the time factor, you now have a buyer that is all excited about a home. Yes. Told their family, "I'm buying a house." <laughs> Took the picture. And then, yeah, yeah. And then it's like. Oops, you know, guess what? We have to go in another direction and hopefully we can still keep it together. So that's why, you know, it's super important to go through this. You know, I've had buyers say to me, well, I talked to another lender and they didn't ask all these questions. Why are are you asking all these questions? And it's just to avoid a potential problem. Absolutely. And you don't... Better to know now than to be knee-deep in a transaction. And you don't want to speak ill of anybody in their profession, right? And it's right. like, I don't know. I don't know why they said that, but here's this is my method. This is what I do. It works. It's worked for a while. Exactly. And I have a successful closing rate. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. The good news is I very rarely, rarely call someone and say, sorry, but... You know, I know you you thought you were buying this house, but now your loan is declined. I knock on wood, you know, I honestly yes. can't remember the last time I made that call. Right. And so, that's because you're making sure, you're working and coaching them, Nancy, to make sure they're prepared. Absolutely. Yeah, it's have, key. Pay years, now or pay later. Years of experience that have solidified your processes that make mm-hmm. your, you know, make it successful. Yeah. That's awesome. That's why we love working with Nancy. Yeah, I mean, definitely not perfect. (laughs) Definitely not perfect. But it's, again, the more prepared our buyers are, the easier it is for them. And, you know, you avoid any sort of disappointment down the road. Yeah, nothing nothing is perfect in any transaction, I don't think. And you're always going to have something that comes up. But it's how you move with it in the transaction that, you know, how we navigate through it. Yes. Yes. And the smaller the issues we can predict, you know, or well, the more we can predict issues down the road, the smaller the issues are, we can just move right by them. Hey, we have already done this. Here we go. Moving on. So when you had that conversation and they're getting to the point of approval and, um, you've had these quality conversations with them, Nancy, and you start talking to them about the different type of loan types how do you approach that and how do you explain that to people? I know that as agents, we often have those conversations because oftentimes when we're working as a team on a transaction with a client, you know, you're giving them information, we're giving them information. We always want to put them in the hands of the experts. Um, what, what is your process when you're describing those different, introducing the loan types and, and what the best fit's going to be for a client? Sure. So buyers have different background. Right. All of them have different background. All of them, you know, you might have somebody that talked to their neighbor, talked to their friend, um, saw on TV (laughs) that there's a special program, first time home buyer. So I first, like I said, when we start the conversation, I listen to what they say. Mm -hmm. Right. They may say, I'm a first time home buyer. I understand there's these programs. I've heard this. I've heard that. So what I say to them is, Based on, again, their income, credit, and assets, we're going to talk about the program that best fits them. There's programs that are specific to first-time homebuyers, and then there's programs that are just good for first-time homebuyers. So we're going to go through which is the program that best fits them. I think it can be very overwhelming if when you speak to a buyer that, again, doesn't do this every day, and you're saying, oh, we've got FHA, we got conventional, we got USDA, we got Sunny May, we got this. I mean, that's enough to make your head spin. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it makes my head spin. <laughs> it is because you talk, too. you start talking about these things, and you talk about the different requirements and the different, you know, even just money saved. Right. You have to have this down. You have to have this down, or you have to. No, you don't have to have this. 
Um, you know, sometimes somebody wants to get into a house for as little money out of pocket as possible, but that's not always the best case. Maybe in the last couple of years too, we've seen in this market where it's like, you can tell by an offer if someone might not have a lot of funds. And so when you get further down in the transaction, if, you know, something needs to be repaired, you know, like, well, you don't have the funds for that and the seller is not willing to do it. So you're not going to get this house. Right, exactly. And, you know, again, when we go over the different programs, there's programs also that are good for the buyers, right? So I might have a buyer that maybe, you know, has marginal credit, yeah. okay? Um, and we're going through a program that best fits the buyer. They also qualify for, a, like, for example, that would be like an FHA loan, for example, yeah. okay? And again, there's you know, pros and cons to every program. But let's say we're talking about an FHA program is a program that maybe would best fit that specific buyer. But as we know, if they're competing against other offers, a conventional buyer, right, a, a, a buyer with a conventional loan product might have a better chance of getting their offer accepted. So now it's explaining to the buyers that there's different programs that they fit into, but why would a buyer, why, excuse me, why would a seller accept an offer with this type of loan versus that type of loan? It's hard for, for a buyer to understand. They're going to get their money anyways. Why do right. they care the type of loan product I'm going with? Exactly. You know, so then you get into the conversations of the benefits right. and what could be an issue with this type of loan versus that type, the appraiser is going to be stricter on the home mm-hmm. if it's this type of loan. So the condition of the house is going to ter- determine a lot of that too. Exactly. So we go through all the details, and again, I give them as much information as they want, and that I can see that they could follow, right? That they yeah. can understand. Because again, it can be very overwhelming, and yes. we definitely don't want to overwhelm anybody. So I'll go through that. I'll go through the different programs. We'll talk about the program that best fits them. Of course, if they've heard of anything, like I've heard of this program, right. I'll talk about it. I'll say why I didn't suggest that. If they talk about, well, I heard you don't need money. Well, <laughs> there's something called seller concessions in this market. That might not be something that's going to work. So, again, we can talk in great length, and I do that depending on what the buyer's asking and, for. And as the topics present themselves, and that makes sense. And, and then I think it's also important to loop it back, the team that works together, the lender with the agent, depending on the house that they're going to put the offer in on. So, the like Nancy said, the FHA, Federal Housing Authority, loan product might be a great fit for this particular individual. And if we can use that loan product in a particular home, yes, of course, we want to do that. But if we're going into a highly competitive situation where there's multiple offers and we have an idea that perhaps there's cash on the table, which is always difficult to compete with when you're, when you're a financed offer, or different types of loan products, then we're having to drill down, explain further to the buyer why perhaps, and again, you don't always know, why that loan product might, might, might not be the best fit for that particular property. And I think, Gavin, we've discussed this before, is that when on the listing side, right, when you're reviewing offers, it's the likelihood of the transaction closing. So, right, we want to we want the offer with the highest likelihood of closing. Right. We don't want to go through, you know, and hope that it'll close just to have to start over again. And so really when you look at these different different loan types, FHA, conventional, cash, well, it's not a loan, but uh, you know, these different offers. You can see, you know, you can have your conversation with your buyer and say, hey, this is why. 
This is why, and these are the reasons. So think like, you know, buyers need to think like sellers. We sellers say it all the time. need to think like buyers. Right. This is why this might not work. But you're also prepping your your buyer too. Hey, you know, you don't have the, the you know flexibility to go with multiple you know offers, right? You know, you're not conventionally uh, qualified or FHA. You can't switch. But you know, this is why this might not work. Just be prepared. We can offer on it, and we're going to try our darndest, but it might not work. Yeah, and that's where, um, you know, again, a buyer, you know, doesn't understand yeah. what is the difference, the type of financing. If I'm giving them, a, they, they're focused on the price only. Yes. They don't understand so much of it's the terms, it's not just the price, Again, right? It's detailed, not difficult. Exactly, <laughs> right. exactly. So when they're offering a certain price... Again, the common question is, is, well, what's the difference of type of financing? Don't and then they walk I, away with the same check at the end of the day, right. the seller, yeah. Exactly. So once we go over with them that, you know, we explain, your offer is being presented with you getting financing, but if the financing doesn't get approved, whether it's because of the appraisal, whether it's because of the, the buyer's qualifications, that that seller has to start over. Right. right? The risk inherited from that. Exactly. It's so just, the, a, and it's a lot of time. Yeah. A so lot of time it, elapses from and that. And again, it depends on what's going on in the market. So right now, I still say we're in a seller's market. We have low inventory, although it's, I would say we're far from balanced, but there'll be a time again when we're in a true buyer's buyer's market and, and Nancy has seen this where okay great if that seller has a house to sell by any means necessary they're going to sell that and so FHA USDA VA all of these loan products might come on the table again um, and then the buyers are a bit more empowered to use those products again when a lender like Nancy is working with you and they want to get the best fit for financing for you she's working very hard to achieve that but then we have to take that into consideration <coughs> as to what you're trying to achieve with your real estate goals and, and translate that and go from there. Maybe we can talk a little bit about the different loan types and have a brief review about that because I know a lot of people have questions about that. Yeah. So we can we can maybe start with um, the conventional loan type because I think that's, um, you know, we talk about cash is king a lot and sometimes it is, guys, and sometimes it's not, you know. Um, obviously, if you're a cash buyer, you're not going through the loan process, but maybe we want to start with the conventional loan and what that means to the buyer, Nance. Sure. So a conventional loan is one of, I guess, the most popular type of loan products. Um, generally, a conventional buyer um, has good credit, um, is working with at least 5% down. I mean, there are, again, there's 3% down programs also, but their credit is better, their debt to income is better, um, they're a buyer that has more funds available. Okay, so more funds available, maybe not so stretched on their debt to income, um, again, good credit. So that's considered, I guess, one of the most common and um, advantageous to a seller. Yes. Okay. So the likelihood of a conventional buyer getting denied their mortgage is less likely than an FHA. Now I'm just giving obviously, sure. you know, broad strokes, broad strokes, because right. it's all about the buyer's qualifications. Right? right. So that's where, you know, a seller will be more open to accepting an offer that has conventional financing versus some other products. Right. Got it. So, again, you know, I think there was always that um, 
conception or um, misconception that you've, I, I have 20% down or higher to be a conventional uh, mortgage eligibility, but that's not the case. You're saying in some cases there's programs as low as 3%. So that's good for everybody to know. And I think if you're, you know, it's not your first rodeo and you're buying again for the first time in a long time, that's good for you to know those things. But what is the relationship, Nancy, to percent down and, and carrying private mortgage insurance? Okay, so mortgage insurance is required. We call that PMI, private mortgage insurance, when one is putting less than 20% down. Okay. Okay, so there's different t ways of paying that mortgage insurance. The most common is a monthly premium, um, but there are other options where you can pay it all up front at the closing, you can financing it into the loan, but it all depends on your down payment the yes. percentage of down payment, right. um, and credit and other factors. And Nancy's got all sorts of tips and tricks, and we don't have enough podcast time in the world for her to go through all of that, but just suffice it to say, um, you know, there's a lot of ways to skin that cat, too, when we come to it, but I just want to touch on that a little bit. Um, go well, ahead, she's Jeff. described, uh, um, basically, you have, you know, different buckets, right? And I know you've said this before, and if, you know, maybe it works best for you, you move, you know, money from here over here, right. or money from here, from your down payment to buy down a rate, or money from your, you know, a buy down to, you know, something else, whatever works best for what you have. And I think you're trying to fit it all within that. How much money do you have right. to dedicate towards this transaction? And so it needs to equal out, you know, at both sides of the equation. Does that kind of sum up what it is? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, another, um, another statement that I often make to the buyers is, you know, let's not just get you into this house. Let's make sure that we're making the best financial decisions for you down the road. We've right? said that as well. We want every, and so a it's lot of people so can important. buy a house. A lot of people can buy a house, but it takes a lot to keep a house as well. We don't want to as agents or mortgage consultants, I don't, you know, we don't want to help someone buy a house only to one year down the road, help you sell it. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. We want you to stay there. Under yeah. duress. You right. know, if, if there's a life change that happened and this is a happy thing and you're moving on, great. We'll be happy. We're happy to help you. We do not want to sell your house because, you know, you can't afford it. Exactly. And, you know, again, when I'm looking at all of their information and then they're telling me their comfort level and when I'm looking at their debts and I see that their comfort level is really more than they should be comfortable with, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to say those words, yeah. but I'm going to have the conversation of, so that's the payment that you're comfortable with. This is what you're paying right now. Do you think you'd be comfortable with going higher? And then often a buyer will say, you know what, because I have overtime income or I have a second job that, you know, isn't considered part of the qualifying numbers that I'm using, right. but they still have money coming in the door that could help them reach those payments that they want. So it's all about, again, getting them to the payment that they're comfortable with, you know, not spending every penny that they can get their eyes on because right. things happen. And right once you're in a house, as we all know, you know, yeah. you need repair money. <laughs> Furnace, hot water heater, yeah. siding, paint. Day one of being things. a homeowner, the maintenance begins. Don't forget that. So Windows, it's never ending. The project, <laughs> the project list just keeps on going. It's Renovations. It's ownership though, right? And, yeah. and maintaining and improving your home along the way is a good thing. And we've talked about that here. So let's talk a little bit about FHA and, and what the mechanics of that are, Nancy. So um, Federal Housing Authority, you know, we can throw a lot of acronyms around here. So I always try to uh, loop that back. So what would be the qualifying factors for that type of loan? Nancy? Sure. So an FHA buyer, 
is generally a buyer that will have less money to work with, mm -hmm. okay? The minimum down payment requirement on that program is 3.5%. Um, they're a little bit more lenient on credit, okay. okay? So if you have somebody that has a credit score, let's say, under 700, 680, 690, okay. There's opportunity for them to get a better rate on an FHA than it would be on a conventional with that type score. Okay. So okay. they don't have, they could put up to how, what's the maximum they could put percent down with an FHA, Nancy? There never is a maximum. Okay. Okay. Great. So yeah. they could really do that. It might not make sense given the other financial circumstances, right. but okay. Because I think that's what people think. Well, I've got to put 3.5% down, yeah. but maybe you are an anomaly that can put a little bit more down. Yeah. Generally, um, an FHA buyer will work with the 3.5% down. Um, generally, it's a buyer that, you know, might also have some credit issues. Um, they also, um, it's a type of program where your debt to income percentage ratio okay. that we would call that, right? Yeah. Um, they allow that to be a little bit more stretched okay. than like a conventional loan would. Okay. So again, every program has its benefits, pros and cons, as they say. Right. So that's why, you know, as a, you know, as a mortgage consultant, I gather their information and then we talk about the program that best fits them we can talk about two different programs. Like for example, you have a buyer that is at that 680 credit score and the better product for that buyer is the FHA. Yeah. But the FHA offer might not be as favorable to a seller as we discussed. Why? Well, the appraiser, yeah. when the appraiser goes out on that FHA appraisal, they're going to be stricter on the home. They're going to check for certain things like peeling paint, handrail, yeah. that a conventional... Peeling paint. <laughs> oh. Every single time. <laughs> that, a, that a conventional appraiser would not call for a repair. So when you're a seller, again, and you're getting these two different offers and one has an FHA mortgage on it and one is a conventional, that's one of the reasons that a seller may walk away from somebody that is looking for, or excuse me, that is, you know, um, putting an offer together with an FHA loan because they don't want to deal with any sort of repairs. The other, the other item that's very important is if the house doesn't appraise, Okay, so if I have an FHA offer in and the house doesn't appraise, even if it's $1,000 less, I as a buyer, no questions asked, have the option to walk away. Mm -hmm. and so again, it's all about that. That's like, through the FHA, FHA addendum, right? You know, that, that they send out. Right. And I had to deal with that too. And, you know, I'm, I'm newer in the industry, so I'm just getting to deal with all of these things, right? Yeah. And I'm coming through all of these different scenarios and these transactions. And so, yeah, well, I had a house that didn't appraise. And so now what do we do? Mm -hmm. There's there's different options, right? The buyer can walk away. You can adjust the price. You can come up with yep. gap. You can do all of these things, you know, and it's just on the buyer side or on the being a buyer, you don't, you don't know these things. You don't do it every day. Right. So if that happens, you might think, uh, the buyer might think, oh, I'm not going to get this. Hold on. We're not done we yet. Might. We might. It's not there, done. Or there's a will. There's a way. It's not done until Z. it's done. You know. But a lot of times I think, you know, again, an assumption, not to, not to say this is a hard and fast rule, but when we run into something with appraisal gaps, and we're going to talk about that at some point um, on the podcast, um, you know, the likelihood that an FHA buyer does have that personal funds to ship in might not be as much as 
the, the case of a conventional buyer. Right. Not to say that a conventional buyer has the funds to kick in either, but it could right be down to that they just don't want to do that and they're ready to walk away. But again, as Nancy said previously, but then the seller can say, okay, now I got to start all over again. And so when you're up against multiple offers, this is the consideration, again, buyers having to think like sellers in terms of how competitive your offer is going to be with this financing option, depending on what's going in the market. Well, and that's truly it, and it also depends on the house, right? Exactly. I mean, Always. We, we are writing, I mean, I don't want to walk away from this saying, you know, don't ever get an FHA mortgage. Of course. We are doing FHA loans. Absolutely. We're doing all types of mortgages. Which is great. Right. And we are seeing more FHAs, but when it's you're great. looking to compare the two, this is why a seller, if they're receiving multiple offers may shy against one program versus another. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really one of the things that's important that when we're working with a buyer, explaining that difference. Because again, to answer the question that they always ask you, Nancy, well, at the end of the day, doesn't the seller get the same check? It's, it's the method to the madness and how we get to that goal. So I think that's important. So other federally backed programs for loan products, Nancy, we've got USDA and VA, USDA, um, U.S. Department of Agriculture, and VA, the uh, Veterans Affairs. I think a lot of people are always, you know, kind of look at me funny when I say USDA. They're like, well, do I have to be a farmer? <laughs> Can no. you talk a little bit about those loan products? Yeah. Sure. So a USDA um, has specific requirements, you know, income requirements. Um, it is 100% financing. Okay. So that can help a buyer. Um, 100% financing. But again, there are closing costs. There's taxes. There's other numbers there. Um, the It doesn't have to be Farmland, as you mentioned. <laughs> um, it definitely doesn't have to be in an agricultural area. Um, all of Grand Island is in a USDA area. Which is okay. interesting. And, and I've heard, maybe you've got the correct percentage on this, Nancy, but I've heard about 98% of the country actually qualifies for USDA. Is a little less than that? I mean, I think the assumption is that maybe we can't do this in New York City, but... Yeah, I think in our area it's less than that. Okay. But it's really easy. I mean, if we have a USDA buyer, a qualified buyer for a USDA loan, and they see a house that they're interested in viewing, um, I can always check if that specific property property is in a USDA area. Okay. Yeah. That's so I volunteer with Habitat and I know that's they do a lot of their work with USDA. So all of the placements that they do it ends up being a USDA loan oh. on that. So, you know, and they've done all pretty much all of them, I think. Yeah. You know. So we are a lot of our area does fall under yeah. under that as well. And so when Nancy said um, 100% financing, that means no down payment. I mean, there are costs, <laughs> yeah. closing costs. Don't ever forget, guys, there's so, it, there's no free lunch. There's, oh, you're going to have to pay for something at some point. You here, took right? those words right out of my mouth right? because it's like, yeah, it's, you're just moving it around kind of. Right, you know, but, but there's no down payment per se. Right. Yeah. yeah, so you can borrow the amount that you're paying for the house, yep. but there are other expenses needed when you buy a house, of course. Yeah. And I think it's important to say that these programs have come up to make home ownership more attainable for different groups of people. Is that right? Of course. To say that. Yes. Yeah. And that's because, you know, home ownership is, is important, you know, mentally and psychologically. And so it's a really good thing. You key know, to stability, key yeah. to your um, financial gain and, and wealth down the road. Um, key it's to an investment. Yeah. Yes. And we talked about it before in our previous episode, you know, in our previous episode of Renting versus Buying. Uh, home ownership is not for everybody. But, you know, they should have that. They should be able to make that decision. You shouldn't be kept out of it because of some nonsense reason. So, yeah, these programs exist to make homeownership more attainable to, to people that want to own a home. 
Now, the VA um, product, obviously, you have to be a veteran, but I know that that has a stringent qualifying um, process too, Nancy, and I know sometimes that's not as cut and dried as people think. Right. So um, a VA loan is a great loan product that also is 100% financing, okay? Um, if you have a certificate of eligibility, which is something that you are offered from the VA if you qualify based on your service, um, what that's saying to you is, if a bank will approve me based on my income, credit, and assets, the VA will guarantee, okay, will insure the loan. Okay, so many veterans think that because they have a certificate of eligibility, that it doesn't matter about their credit, it doesn't matter what kind right. of money they make, they don't have to be working, they, it, unfortunately, no. So that, that is truly what that means, is that the VA will insure the loan, okay, even though there's no down payment required, um, but the buyer must meet the criteria of a lender. And that's another issue too, or another point to make, is that these programs are not, you know, the VA doesn't issue loans. They don't issue, they don't make the loans themselves. They're insuring the loans, right? Absolutely. And so FHA is insuring the loan. USDA is insuring the loan. VA is insuring the loan so that if the buyer then defaults, they have, the lender then has insurance from an entity, the government, that they will be made whole, which then allows them to loan the money out. Right. It's a protection. Right. Right. And exactly. so I think it's kind of important to understand that when we go through these different products is that no you're not getting the money from the government it's right. just being insured by the government yeah and that conversation does come up a lot sure we know that this is a lot of information but i think you know just to kind of round out our discussion today nancy and we look forward to having you coming back if you'd like to of course um, i know there's all sorts of different types of opportunities out there for buyers too um some that are really creative solutions specific to hunt mortgage uh, there are any things that you want to talk about that in terms of the pre-purchase commitment i know that we have the golden gate program as well um what are some other highlights that you want to talk about um, I, I wanted to mention the pre-purchase commitment. That is a great program that is unique to Hunt Mortgage. And what this program is, is where we process a loan for you before you buy the house. So when I say that, I, I don't mean that you're actually going to get you're going to have a loan, right? You're just getting approved for a loan, okay? So generally what happens is you purchase a home or you're under contract and then you apply for your mortgage and we go through that process to prepare you to close. The pre-purchase commitment is where we do this prior. So remember when I discussed you're first pre-qualified, you provide your paperwork and then you get pre-approved? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, the next step would be a pre-purchase commitment. So once I have all the documentation from the buyer, I would send them documents to sign to apply for this pre-purchase commitment. Okay. Okay. And it's, you know, basic disclosures, application, so forth. Now remember, we're just assuming a purchase price, we're assuming the property taxes, and we're assuming the interest rate because we don't know what those things are going to be once they enter into a contract, right. okay? So what we'll do is we then, after they sign those documents, the file gets provided to a processor. She'll verify the information that's provided. And then the file goes to an underwriter. The underwriter will review all the information. Unless we need additional documentation, the underwriter will issue what we call a pre-purchase commitment. So now you have a buyer that is presenting an offer on a specific home 
and is saying, I'm not just pre-qualified or pre-approved. I already have my commitment letter. And that's huge. It is huge. And, you know, there's no cost involved. Right. Okay, You're going to do it anyway at some point. Yeah. Exactly. There's no cost involved. It lasts up to six months. That's great. Okay. And, um, excuse me, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, so okay. there is no cost involved. It's just your time as the buyer and ours. And we're more than happy to do it just to prepare our buyers. And again, what is our job? Is to make our buyers as strong as they can when they're presenting offers, especially against other buyers. And that's been huge in a multiple offer situation. Nancy right. and I have worked on transactions where we do have the pre-purchase commitment. And it almost acts like cash. It's not cash, but it acts like it. And it's our due diligence as the buyer's representative to discuss that with the listing agent so they can relay that information and the strength of that offer um, against others. And I'm telling you, it's it's a really powerful product. And we, I'm sorry, we keep using this word commitment, right? And, that, and the job of a buyer to be on the buyer's side, that's really what we're working for is the commitment letter because that means and correct me if I'm wrong that they you, the lender will fund the loan right exactly. that's what the commitment is and so that tells the seller we are good to go it's yeah. a green light it's one of the last steps as a buyer right before we schedule a closing right and we're doing it kind of backwards and now we're just trying to find that home to connect the, the dots in the contract. Right. So the contract is contingent that the buyer gets their financing. Right. So we, at that point, will already have that commitment letter, that loan approval beforehand. We would then just make it specific to then their offer. We're going to adjust the price. We're yes. going to adjust the taxes. And then remember, we then have to order an appraisal because Right. There's no appraisal We're done not before. Done yet. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then we also would need to update some documents. But remember when we were talking about the different loan products and what not, might not be favorable to a seller because a certain loan product might give the impression that that buyer isn't as strong of a buyer yes. as somebody else. But remember, if we already have the commitment letter in place, they're a strong buyer. The only difference at that point is the appraisal. You're removing the doubt you, is what you're doing. You're removing the doubt from for the seller to say, this transaction will close, likelihood of closing. Yes. And so this is what we're doing with the pre-purchase commitment is skipping to the end, basically, and saying, we're serious, let's go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, the, and that pre-purchase commitment, like you said, Gavin, is still a financed, right? Your contract still is contingent on financing, but it does take that, you know, that fear that that, lo that that loan isn't going to close. Now, it is not the same as cash, but it's the cl closest we can get to cash. Right. We also have a cash guarantee. So we do have pre-purchase commitments that can take that next step into getting a cash guarantee. There are restrictions for that. I can obviously talk about that to any specific buyer, but we also have that available. And that's a great opportunity to, again, when you're in the face of multiple offers, we don't always have a crystal ball about what's being presented to the seller at the time, especially if we're under the crunch with a delayed negotiation strategy and things like that. You want to put your best foot forward. So any of these tools we can avail ourselves to to make you a strong buyer to get you under contract sooner than later, this is a great opportunity through Hunt Mortgage. Yeah, so us as agents and mortgage consultants have a great number of tools at our disposal, and we use everything we can to get our buyers to the closing table. Now, buyers have jobs too, right? And so what is 
what are your do nots for buyers? Because there are some <laughs> Once things, right? Once we got right? you through all that, oh, we yeah. got you under contract, but now what, Nance? What do you always tell them? Please do not what are do... Some, yeah, what are some do nots when you're buying a house? Because there are very specific things. Okay, the do nots are, <laughs> or should I say, talk to your mortgage consultant before you do them? Yes, <laughs> yes. Check in, ask permission. Exactly. <laughs> all that authority that I have. Yes, that's right. Um, you know, watch your expenses. In other words... You know, don't go out and go buy, you know, get new credit cards. Don't go, you know, buy appliances. I know it's a very exciting time and you want to get brand new appliances. You want to buy a new car, you know. Not now. Exactly. And it's not that the answer is no across the board, but when we talk to specific buyers, let's say that they're qualifying to the maximum. Their mortgage payment is like to the maximum. And then all of a sudden they go out and get a new car or they get appliances where there's, you know, no payment, no interest, no nothing for six months. We still have to count a payment. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's not a definite hard no, but please, please check with your mortgage consultant before you buy anything, open up new credit. And excuse me, I don't mean buy anything. I mean right. getting, you know, you, you can still... expenses <laughs> that are financing and impacting your credit. Exactly. I mean, I do get calls then from buyers that'll say, you know, it's Christmas. Can I do some Christmas shopping? <laughs> yeah, rather that they call you than they do it before they, they go ahead and do it. Exactly. The other common you know, no would be switching jobs. Now, it really (laughs) depends. Okay, it depends. If I'm working right now at ABC Company and I'm making, you know, $50,000 a year and it's a straight salary and then I have an opportunity to work with, you know, XYZ Company and it's a commission-based job where I get a small salary but I'm going to be making some commissions and I know I'm going to make a lot more money. Unfortunately, we can only use that base because there's no history of that commission. So that buyer may look at it and say, it's the same line of work, right? So it's going to be okay. I'm going to make more money. It's going to be okay. But unfortunately, there's no history of that increased income, which is coming from commission. Yeah. So that's why, you know, again, it's not a hard no to any of this, but it's all about communication and making sure that you're just checking in with me, your mortgage consultant, and making sure that it isn't going to affect your financing. So what is the best way, Nancy, for people to connect with you, um, email, phone, et cetera, so that they can get started on this process with you and, and, and have you as their valuable team member to close a deal? Uh, my cell number is the best way to reach me. It's 716-316-8118. They can text or call at any time. My email is n-c-a-l-l-a-r-i at huntmortgage.com. Awesome. That's fantastic. I think we've had a wealth of information today. We want Nancy to come back. We've, there's plenty more great information where that oh, yeah. came from. But we can't thank you enough. We've had Nancy Clary Frank on the show today from Hunt Mortgage, um, our A number one mortgage consultant. We thank you for being here today. Anything else you'd like to say to our audience today, Nancy? It's a wonderful time to purchase. There's many more houses coming on the market. Let's get you prepared. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody. Make sure you leave us a review. Check us out on wherever you check out podcasts. Check out our social media as well. Uh, Until next time. Thanks for having me. Bye, everybody. 
Thank you for tuning in with us today. We hope to see you next time. We're going to be doing this a lot more, so to be sure to leave us a review and a rating as it lets us reach more people and lets us know how we're doing. We hope you're doing well. Cheers until next time. <laughs>